Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And my name is Gabrielle. In today's episode, episode 8, I'm going to be discussing popular music from the 1980s. I was going to do just one episode of popular music, but because the 80s and 90s had... You had the second British invasion in the 1980s and... MTV was very big, all music videos were huge. In the 1990s, we had music like grunge that uh, changed the face of music and how it sounded. So it's a little too uh, high profile to just be like glazing over some things. So I figured, let me just do it in decades. Uh, That's still kind of glazing it over for a half an hour segment. I'm probably gonna do more music-based podcasts because music as you might have if you listen to my other podcast on music and bullies and I have a a few blogs on music um, it's a a big part of my life Uh, I don't necessarily play music nor do I sing it has helped me get through a lot of the things that happened in my life and currently like it's it's consistent so I would like to actually do a little bit more in-depth stuff on it but let's just do a, like a nice little overview of the 1980s and the I found a site that had like the top 100 even though I don't necessarily agree with their list so I will interject some things and I'll pick and choose. So in the 1980s uh, the video, music video, was huge and most bands of the time kind of became popular not just because of the songs that they were playing but the image that they projected towards their audience. So instead of people just buying a record, seeing maybe a special or a special concert, maybe something was recorded and people could watch later if it was like a big event, most of the time you had to go to a concert to see these individuals live or just in general, other or otherwise it's just pictures on the album cover and anything else that might have come out in the media. So when the music video came out, which actually one of the monkeys, Michael Nesmith, actually was one of the ones that created music videos, which kind of stemmed from the monkeys television show. Because technically, if you watch them, it was just a half an hour long music video. So they played a couple of their songs. There was like a a flimsy storyline to go along with it some laughs and you got to see them which was kind of awesome at the time so having have that on television hence music television you are able to go in tune in and hope that your song is going to play or your band's going to decide to create a a video to go along with the newest single that came out or the album that they're promoting and you can see the weirdness that ensued with some of these videos or the awesomeness, because there are some really awesome videos that came out of the 1980s. To name one, the AHA video for Take On Me, that was like genius with the whole comic strip looking thing. And personally, I think he looked better in the comic strip than in real life, but that's just me. I really liked, I loved that episode. (laughs) It is like an episode, it's television. Uh, I liked that video a lot, and um, I don't know if anybody else might remember when MTV and VH1 still played music videos. 
they did in the 90s, they did an Eight Days of 80s. It was like late 90s. And I watched, I watched and I recorded on a VHS tape <laughs> those specials and like had pop-up video and stuff like that. And I learned so much because at the time when I was in high school, I had switched gears from listening to like Simon and Garfunkel and the Monkees and 60s, 70s stuff to like the 80s bands. Like I was listening to Duran Duran and ob obviously Depeche Mode because Depeche Mode's my favorite band, one of the f my favorite bands, but probably the top one. It was perfect because I didn't have access to YouTube to watch backed videos that were from, you know, before I was born and maybe like some specials like Top of the Pops in over in the UK and, you know, anything that they might have been on publicity wise, I didn't have access at the time because it just wasn't available with the internet being around, but not as numerous in information as it is today. So, so at the time, I really didn't, ha wasn't having the ability to just be like, oh, I want, I never saw this video, and I know that there is one. Let me just go hop, hop on YouTube and watch it. Back then, it was just like, okay, let me just search out, see if there's a VHS tape out there or wait for it to maybe come up on the VH1, you know, or MTV when they do the stuff from before. So Eight Days of 80s was the best. So I was able to actually like see some of the videos I've never seen before and it was it was just great. So some of the other actual bands that uh, had really awesome videos, anything from the B-52s, I, I love them. Specifically Love Shack, of course, um, Bon Jovi, big hair band they were you know you know living on a prayer even though technically there are some videos that absolutely make no sense whatsoever than what you know for me when you're uh writing or doing this the music i would assume or i would think that you would want to actually kind of have some sort of like tie-in with the song and what you're, you know, presenting on a, on a video, you know, just kind of like a story behind it. Some of them were just outrageous to the point where it was just showing off, like, how big your hair could be, how bright the clothes could be, and how ridiculous they could dance around. And that was it. So, and that's fine, because some of them, that's all you really needed. Well, then you had, like, something like Michael Jackson's Thriller. I know Michael Jackson's kind of like, he's, it's a point in time where the music was big now maybe the person might not have been the best individual in the world but his music definitely left an indelible mark and the thriller video you you really you can't you can't knock that so i mean and you had vincent price narrating it it's just everything about it is great so and then cindy lopper obviously huge huge in the 80s, um, a huge female artist of the 80s, and uh, you had things like uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Time After Time, and she was an excellent songwriter, and, the, and she did the Goonies song, and her, her videos were awesome because she actually had um, the person who played her dad in the videos was like a, a big a wrestler who she was friends with, and I think her mom in the video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun was her actual mom. 
all learning from pop-up videos of VH1. I miss those. <laughs> uh, then you had um, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl. Oh, and Tommy Two-Tone, 8675309. I, I love I love that song. Video is a little weird, but it makes sense because it is of the actual what they're saying. So, good for you. <laughs> and any Duran Duran video. I I am so surprised. I found this. This is a crappy website, obviously, that showed the top 100 songs of the 1980s. Now, granted, it's of the entire decade, but how can you not have a 100 songs and not have one Duran Duran song? They were huge in the 80s. Like, really? And it's not just because I like their music, but it literally, they were, it was the epitome of the 80s. Duran Duran was, was that, are that, still there. They're still alive, so, you know, and still making music. So they had um, Rio, they had Save a Prayer, like ev a Hungry Like a Wolf, The Reflex, and they even did um, A View to a Kill for the James Bond movie that came out. So they had excellent uh cinematography on majority of the stuff because they went to uh, exotic places and everybody loved them so it was some of them made sense some of them didn't they if you go fast forward to the 90s to they did um the song that i absolutely loved is ordinary world because the the vi the um the words are just excellent the video however makes no freaking sense <laughs> You just have this woman walking around in a, I guess, a wedding. I know it was called the wedding album, even though it was just Duran Duran. But it was just this huge-ass bow and then dress. And she's just walking, guessing to, I don't know, be married. I have no idea. But how does that have anything to do with the song? Like, come on. You had the opportunity to be like, this would be awesome. And you ruined it. <laughs> That's my only critique for that. Anyhow. And then, of course, you have ZZ Top. I loved ZZ Top. My mom would dance around the pool with me in her arms, listening to WMMR with Pierre Robert and uh, singing She's Got Legs <laughs> going around the actual pool. So ZZ Top has a special place with me. And then Guns N' Roses, I'm not a fan of. I'm sorry. But they were there. They existed. Older exist, and then obviously Madonna, who was another huge uh, female artist, and she always made waves with her song choices and what she did and her antics, which were like a big thing. But if you look at the stuff now, so tame <laughs> compared to now, and it's just like you know, you think it was like oh my god, people in the eighties were like I can't believe she did that. And you look at people, what they do now, and it's just like, she wasn't really, um, yeah, she was actually uh, a PG-rated, <laughs> classify for now. And then Prince, obviously, like, huge artist, awesome music. And then you have, as for a video, anyway, you had Dexie's Midnight Runners with Come On Eileen. I hate that song. I hate it. <laughs> I hate the video. <laughs> uh, they're just, like, running around the town with their jean overalls on okay but apparently the guy who wrote the song tried to commit suicide a few times and was having some real rough times but he's uh returned back to some uh doing music again and, and writing so more power to him hopefully he's doing better 
when we have the new year, uh, the new years come through, I watch uh, um, the UK because I have a family in-law over there. There's a new year show that they do over there and he was on it with one of his new songs and he was discussing like what he's gone through and and I was like, oh, I know him. I know that song. I hate that song, but good for you, man. You know, keep powering on. Billy Idol, White Wedding. Apparently his girlfriend of the time was the one that cho choreographed that, if you can classify that as choreography. Okay. Beastie Boys, you've got to fight for your right to party. I mean, that's just like classic and a staple. So I wasn't a huge Beastie Boys fan. Uh, like I said, my music tastes, I'm much more eclectic now than I was when I was growing up. I, I still f classify myself even then as being able to accept a whole lot of different types of music because I did like a lot of different things, but I wasn't like a huge, huge fan of the people who are like, I can't believe you never liked them. Why won't you listen to them? And it's just like, I, I just don't like it and I'm allowed to not like that music. So it's the same with like Guns N' Roses. I'm not a fan, never have been, and I never will be. And there's a couple different reasons for that mainly it's just it's, I'm just not into it but that's fine and you can be into it cool just I'm not dead or alive you spin me around that guy just passed away but I loved that <laughs> he was such an interesting looking individual and it's a shame because uh there was when MTV was going into like reality television one of the ones was like botched um surgeries and he was on one of them and they did such a horrible like he didn't even look anything anything close to what he looked like in that 80s video he just it and they completely messed him up and he was like having issues like he had to go into the hospital quite a few times because it wasn't done properly and yeah and he he did i don't know if he passed away from all of that or if it was something else but yeah, it, it was a sad, a sad end to that. We have that song to, to keep us <laughs> for remembrance. And, of course, Journey, huge, with Steve Perry. Uh, it's a shame that he's not with them anymore. I know that he had some, like, medical problems, why he had to leave the band for a little while, and they kind of, like, shunned him for a little while for it. I, I don't really know the whole story on that. So I'm not entirely sure what the whole story is. Of course, you're going to hear a couple of different things. And the only reason why I know a lot of stuff about Journey is my mom is a huge fan. So I kind of, you know, inherited that information. So beyond Journey, you had people like Katrina and the Waves with Walking on Sunshine. That was great. Daryl Hall and John, like Hall and Oates. Th anything by them, obviously, it was great. <laughs> uh, the Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. That video, that video, <laughs> I, like I said, there are words to these songs. You could easily have a story for those songs, but yet you choose to ignore that fact. Uh, then you have Lionel Richie, All Night Long, and Hello, <laughs> and Beach Boys, uh, Kokomo, uh, even though the technically the Beach Boys were from the 60s, of course, they were continuing on. Like, Paul Simon was out with uh, Grace, the Graceland album. So, I loved that album. Obviously, it was a great, <laughs> great. 
it was one of the best albums uh and i loved just about every song of that and you can't go wrong with the uh, the uh video you you can call me out with uh chevy chase that's a classic a classic video wham huge uh, toto was for africa i actually have that on my my playlist i love that song billy joel peter gabriel I love Peter Gabriel, and I love all of his videos, even though technically they don't necessarily make sense either, but it was just because it was, there was a dancing chicken in one of them, for crying out loud. <laughs> it's just the way that it was done, that creativity, even, it was artistic, I guess, and maybe that's what the other ones are going for, and failed, <laughs> but Peter Gabriel, I think, was, he just did really, really well. Bruce Springsteen not a huge bruce springsteen fan i'm sorry just not don't like him uh gloria estefan love her and the police queen ario speedwagon rod stewart a lot some of these people are actually i uh rod stewart played with jeff beck who is an excellent guitarist my mom has a load of his uh solo albums and my my goodness like if I could just even have in like a quarter of his talent is great. If you have not listened to anything by Jeff Beck, please do check it out. It, there's just, you can't, you can't find something better than that. Soft cell tainted love. Um, so I had a teacher in high school, freshman and sophomore year. Uh, that was my religion teacher and my homeroom teacher as a freshman. And he was, fairly young so we were like what 15 16 and he was in his early to early 20s so he was not that far away from us i know he was classified as being cute and uh just wait for the end of the story though <laughs> he also um recorded music and one of the songs that he did with one of the talent shows was tainted love and he actually had a, a cd that he was selling and I don't know if anybody actually has that when I was in senior year I was going to see uh, Depeche Mode for the second time and he heard about it I think he was like subbing for somebody because uh, I didn't act actually have him in senior year and he heard about it and he's like do you have somebody that you're gonna go with and at the time I was gonna ask my cousin but she was busy and otherwise i just take my mom because <laughs> i had like i said I had no friends uh and she went with me the first time so she liked them too so it didn't matter just long I, I i didn't care who i went with i just needed to go so he was like well if you have no one to go with like i can go with you my my girlfriend will be wi there with me i didn't really think much of it at the time and afterwards because it was during the summer the actual uh it was after i was done school so i didn't see him after i graduated and instead of i i was going to take my mom because it was just weird i didn't like feel comfortable going with him i didn't know him that well and i'm like that's just odd like why the hell would you be asking me to go to a show S and i only have one other ticket so how the hell would your girlfriend be able to go so that does make it didn't make sense he actually called my house uh, to find out if we were going. And my mom answered, and I'm like, just tell him, 
I, uh, my cousin said it was that we were going to go. So um, that's what she did. And what I found out later on, a couple years later, I don't know how many more years later, he was arrested with having child pornography on his computer. So I'm kind of glad I didn't go with him. I was 18, so technically I was of age, but regardless, like, and I never classified myself as anybody who would be any any type of, like, target for things because I never, th- I'm like, no one, no one would want this, so I don't ever have to worry about it, but it, you know, it was just odd. And I'm kind of glad that I was just like, this is weird, I don't really want to do this, thank you, goodbye, no. So, yeah, so that was fun. He was our religion teacher, of all things. Fun fact. And then you had, uh, like, hair, uh, going back to the music, <laughs> getting a little off track, but it was within the vein. Like I said, he had, he played soft cell. So anytime I think of Tainted Love, that is what I think of. So I do like the song, but it does, like, conjure up, like, this is weird and a weird, very weird time. Yeah. <laughs> so you had hair bands uh, such as Poison that were out and they had like nothing but a good time. And then you had The Cure. Whom? Okay, so the song Just Like Heaven. I did like that song and I do like Friday I'm In Love and there's a few other songs. And there's a song that he uh, sang on that I listen to currently that I really like. And I do like The Cure, and I think that they're, he is awesome, and the whole band, obviously. But I never really thought that he had the best voice, so it was kind of hard to listen to all of the songs. So I apologize to The Cure fans out there. They're, they are numerous, and they are a big band, so I apologize. But it was a little grating after a little while, so I'm sorry. So there are, like, just a few things. But going into, like, say, Depeche Mode, which they had numerous videos and numerous albums out and they were less in the interjected into the global success until later in the 80s with their uh, music for the masses and violator album and uh so they were like so they were classified as electronic music electronic like slash alternative and if you ever heard the song uh, Just Can't Get Enough, that's the first album. I should just do a whole episode <laughs> of Depeche Mode. I already wrote a like, whole thing on, uh, on that for our blog. So now I'll just, I'll just do like the last bits of this, of this podcast about Depeche Mode because I love them so much and I'm almost on my 30 minutes. So Just Can't Get Enough was from the first album Speak and Spell. And they had... Their, the main guy, Vince Clark, was the main writer and the main, like, music writer and, like, putting everything together and composer. And if you listen to that song versus what they sound like now, it doesn't, it's like they're two different bands. Because later on, Alan Wilder came in and changed up their sound. Now, Martin Gore is the song mostly of the time is the songwriter and he had a lot of like darker lyrics so there was like a point where after Vince Clark left after that first album there's another album after that which was was it construction time again I think oh my goodness my memory is failing me uh, we'll go with construction time again that if you listen to 
that music, it sounds like upbeat, but the actual words to the song are, oh, a broken frame, excuse me, I'm sorry. So it's a broken frame and then construction time again is after that. But a broken frame is the one where you hear, you hear the darkness of Martin Gore's lyrics. So the words are like, you know, a little dour, but the <laughs> music is upbeat. And you're kind of confused with, what are you trying to tell me? Am I supposed to be happy about this? Like, you know, the world's throwing me crap and I should be cool with this or, you know, or what? But when Alan Wilder came in, he changed their sound to like a much darker. They uh, exper uh, experimented on recording like sounds such as like pots clanging and things falling down steps and you know different sound effects that you can mix in with the music so it was interesting and different and I think that once they had that sound that darker sound it definitely clicked with Martin Gore's lyrics and Alan Wilder eventually left I believe he left after the Songs of Faith and Devotion album in 1993 which is a shame because he really um he really drove the, the music sound behind it and, and did very, very well with Martin Gore's lyrics. But uh, they actually are still rec uh, releasing music. I think their most recent one was in uh, was last year. They did the um, Spirit. That's what the album was. And they have, um, they, they release stuff consistently with like their, their singles, uh, some rare unedited things and some of them are pretty cool I suggest checking them out some of the earlier things might be a little hard to 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 really get into but but you know just try it, it really is good if you if anything listen to Black Celebration that whole album is great <laughs> great why why do I need to say this this word all the time I'm going to I have a huge book over there that's a thesaurus. I will find another word, and I will find multiple words so I can change it up on each time. So I apologize for great, because it's annoying me. <laughs> so I can only imagine if it's, it might not annoy you. You probably don't even realize it, but I do. I have to listen to this when I go into editing, and I'm like, how many times do you have to say great? Oh, is it great? Gabrielle, is it great? How great is it? Tell me how great it is. So anyhow, I'm sorry. Yeah. Black Celebration, please check it out. That's a great first off, and then Violator is great. <laughs> oh my god. Uh -oh. Violator is one of the best albums that you can listen to, and they had a huge, huge tour in 1990, 1991, and that's where they kind of like really skyrocketed. But Music for the Masses was also uh, one of their, their bigger albums. But I really, really enjoy Black Celebration. I think that's when they really found that sound. Because they did have, um, like I said, uh, Construction Time again, again came out in 1983. The year I was born. <laughs> and they started to get a little bit of the, of the darker kind of tone. Really didn't emerge until Black Celebration. I think that was just like, it all just clicked. So their videos are also kind of weird. They Most of their uh, photography is done by Anton Hor Horbin. 
uh, and they're I ha they have like a whole album of his stuff. So they're all like artsy fartsy stuff. I don't necessarily know every single person who wrote and produced their videos, but I don't think any of them necessarily make much sense with the the words of the songs and it, it kind of saddens me because if I was the one to sit there and listen to these songs and take them in and be like I can create something that this would be completely awesome and it just didn't <laughs> it didn't happen and it's a shame maybe maybe one day I'll create something <laughs> they do have a lot of of great songs please check them out they're they're my favorite band and they helped me get through high school so so a special place, special place right here where my heart should have been. So I, um, I know this was a little bit of an all over the place kind of episode. I was testing out what it would be like without having some notes in front of me. I did start to write some notes and I had that little bit and all it was was 1980s music. And then I listed three bands and I'm like, oh, I'll research this. And I never did. I, well, I did, but I didn't write it down. So if this sounds a little crazy, this is how my brain works without notes. And I'm going to post this up, I think, because I'm going to listen to it and I'll see uh, how good it sounds. And if it's something that I think that it would go up, because I really don't want to have to record this again. There's, uh, so if you haven't like watched any of the 1980s videos, and I'm sure m most people have, but if you're younger and you haven't checked them out, please do because they're just fun. They're just fun to watch. And you can just see how the craziness was of the 1980s. Granted, I was only, when the 80s came to a close, I was only six years old. So a lot of it kind of went over my head because I really didn't, I was a child. So I really didn't experience the partying or the reality of life at the time. But I was there. <laughs> Most of it will be in the 90s so there might be a little bit more of like connection and correlation to what I might have been doing at the time so that'll be uh, another episode that I'll do from the 90s and uh, and perhaps I'll do one that's specifically for Depeche Mode so yeah so other than that I hope you enjoyed this episode I will be getting up that other one uh, the other podcast that I want to do and I just wanted to kind of finish polish this one off get some ideas for the, the last two episodes that I want to do for here and then uh, at least have something I have an idea for when the next season comes out so I really hope you're enjoying them and it doesn't sound so crazy and that you will continue to want to listen to the next one you can even if it means that you just want to listen to how insane I am that's fine and uh, I hope you will check out my blog at GabrielleCataldi.com. And there's a lot more bits and pieces that might put all of it together for you about myself besides this podcast. So if you put it all together, you kind of see like a better picture of like who I am and what I'm about. So you can just see how, how insane I really am. <laughs> so please uh, comment. Let me know what, how, what you feel about these uh, podcasts. I have yet to get any type of like feedback regarding the podcast other than I've listened to them I'm like well that's great thank you what did you think and I really don't get much either that means it's bad and they're just like doing it just because they know me but that's I guess that's fine it's not fine I really want to know what's happening 
and then please check out the blog, like I said. So um, thank you so much. I really appreciate to anybody who does listen. Comment, like, follow, subscribe, email, whatever it is that you want, uh, just to let you know when I do upload anything new. You can follow me on social media as well. I have, um, it's uh, GL Cataldi Official on Twitter as well as Instagram. I don't have a Facebook account. Do I even want one? <laughs> uh, I have an author account. Uh, it's like a, a just a page. So if you wanted to check that out, so this is Gabrielle Cataldi Author. And I do post on there just like, let you know, that I have new stuff out. Other than that, please um, just, you know, let me know what you think. And if you have any ideas, I would totally want to hear what that is. So thank you so much again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Gabrielle Cataldi signing off for That 80s Child, The Generation Y. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>